0: Welcome to the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark, coming to you almost certainly pre-recorded from the heart of Cajun Country, where we've had our allotted three days of winter, and we're starting to work on spring now. So to all of you that are about to get bombed in the uh, upper Midwest and Northeast, y'all need to move down here, because we got a lot better weather than what y'all got now. But in all seriousness, y'all stay safe out there. Thank you for joining me today. Don't forget, check out the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. You can check out all kinds of cool stuff that I have up there. I do have a new build that I'm working on right now, and it's going to be for basically a Raspberry Pi powered smart home hub, similar to kind of like the Echo Show or the the Nest uh, View, or I'm not sure, sure exactly what Google's version of it is, but the one with the screen on it and it's going to be something along that line and it's going to look pretty 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 cool I'll, i do admit it's going to be interesting i can tell you that much do have a couple more reviews that i'm still working on as far as the tozo wireless earbuds and the uns angle speaker which should be coming out fairly shortly so look ahead for that. Those will be coming out soon. You can also, at the very top, check out the all the links to where all the shows are. You, I'm pretty much just about anywhere any podcast is. But if I'm not on a platform that you listen to mostly, let me know. Shoot me an email, downsouthit at gmail.com, and I will do my best to get it on that platform as well. So let me know, and I will definitely hook you up. And while you're perusing the website, don't forget, check out the shop and you can check out all kind of cool gift shops and merch that I have up there. Very cool stuff with some uh, Down South IT gear. If you want to pick some up, it helps me out paying for some of these builds and different things like that. Everything goes to the channel. So help me out if you don't mind, pick up a t-shirt, that kind of thing. There's a lot of different things on there. Take your pick, do what you need to do. Take a look around there. I'm sure you'll find something that you like. And I would actually be remiss if I didn't mention that there are a couple of new platforms that I'm on now also. So you can find me on Amazon Music uh, under their podcast section. And you can also find all my videos on Rumble. So you can check that out all on there as well. You can like the channel. A few people have already found it. So to those of you that, are, that are, have already liked it, thank you. And I'm hoping to put just you know some exclusive content on Rumble later on. Um, uh, maybe later on this month, uh, if I get the chance, but some stuff might be, you know, just rumble specific, just so I can try to get a little bit of monetized monetization going. Never hurts to have a little bit of extra money coming in, right? You know, Bitcoin isn't going to get any higher. At least I don't think it will. Well, we shall see. <laughs> so for today's episode, I just wanted to kind of run through some of the big Ticket items as far as news goes. Just trying to kind of catch up since I was on break for so long for the Christmas holiday. So I just wanted to kind of run through some of the, the main stories of what they were going through and kind of give you my take on them and see. So it's going to kind of be a very long, my two cents episode almost. And then starting with the next episode, we'll kind of get back into the normal run-of-the-mill you know kind of thing that I do with the podcast so and I'll get back more into the my two cents because I kind of been lacking on that I will admit so first up we have Microsoft has basically done a 180 they went and they were going to try to up the price of Xbox Live or Xbox Gold uh, for new subscribers and they basically <laughs> Within 24 hours, they said, okay, we're not going to do that. And we're going to do this instead, not for everybody, but just if you're a new user, we're going to give you some new pricing. So you're going from instead of $10 a month, you're going to 11. If you do a three-month plan, you're going from 25 bucks to 30. And if you do a six-month plan, you go from 40 to 60. So, and I, they don't do a one-year plan. They actually phased those out probably about eight months ago when they decided, hey, we may want to kind of up the prices a little bit. So, they went ahead and said, we're not going to do the one-year thing, I, probably because they didn't want to say, okay, yeah, this is going to cost you 120 bucks a year. So, yeah. But basically, within, they said everybody's going to get these price increases, and everybody went absolutely ape-beep on, on Microsoft. And they said, okay, we're not going to do that. Y'all going to stay the same, but if, you get a, if you're if you a new plan or anything like that, if you're a new user, then you're going to get this new pricing whenever this starts. So it won't happen for a little while, but at least when, know that it's coming. I think the one thing that actually surprised me the most out of this is not the collective outrage for raising the prices because we have a tendency to not want to pay more for something that we don't feel is necessary. So, you know, everybody that has the subscription already is already coming out of pocket, you know, hundred, 120 bucks a year for, you know, for this, this service. So why they decided to up this that much i'm not too sure they got a few theories on there the TechCrunch article that i found this on they kind of believe that it's to make their xbox game pass uh which also bundles with with live and it has a bunch of on-demand titles and you know different things like that to try to make that seem a little bit more enticing to people So they would switch to that rather than just stick with Xbox Live. So that's kind of the running theory that they have. And it kind of makes sense to me. But the fact that everybody collectively lost their crap whenever they said that they were going to do a price increase. And then within 24 hours, Microsoft folded. That surprised the living hell out of me. Because you would figure Microsoft would say, eh, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to eat the cost anyway. So... Whatever happens, happens, and, you know, they'll just say like it or lump it pretty much because they have the ability to do that. But the fact that they had so many people, like I say, lost their collective crap, they decided, well, let's not do that. So the fact that they are actually kind of listened was very, very surprising to me. Very surprising. Next article I want to kind of run through is actually an article from The Verge, and basically it's how the graphics cards and other computer components and different things along that line have all been really short-handed this year there's been a shortage of computer components CPUs graphics cards memory motherboards there's a pretty much any kind of computer component that you can think of really and truly has been short this year and there's a lot of work and theories as to why but I kind of think it's like the perfect storm of all kind of different things happening at one time. And it's demand for one because of COVID and different things like that. We're not really able to go out and do anything. So we're kind of stuck inside and gaming is if you're not on a console, you're gaming on PC. So what are you going to do? You're going to upgrade your PC to be able to play games. So, the fact that there are more people that are wanting to play and needing components to be able to play is kind of one of those things that's the, one of the first symptoms of it. Next symptom of, of it besides that is going to be some of the new tariffs that came down. The new tariffs went into effect and basically we're, it's costing more to get those components from Taiwan, China. Hong Kong, different places, South Korea, you know, then that, that includes, it also includes phones and different things like that also, but it's a lot of the chip manufacturers and stuff like that, that are having the problems over there with COVID that they're not able to meet the demand because they can't keep everybody in the factory. They have to, they have to basically run shorthanded. So between high demand, low or basically minimal amounts of manufacturing then that basically causes the perfect storm of shortages on top of you have a lot of bots out there that are buying a lot of these cards or quote unquote And you can't see me doing my air quotes but i'm doing them a lot of people hate them but you know what air quote and they're doing all these sales to bots so they can be sold on sellers like Amazon and eBay for a massive price hike. That's why you're seeing GTX 2000 series cards for $2500 or even well they basically they those people are just trying to get their money back. But the 3000 series cards since they debuted at $78900, you know, maybe 1200, now they're having to go through and all the bots are snatching up all the available supply and they're putting them on eBay for twice what they're worth. So it's just, it's a, it's a cycle. It's a horrible cycle, at least on the upside is that hopefully some of the chip manufacturers and stuff are going to start catching up to demand and building a lot more components and different things along that line. Uh, Nvidia said that they're going to have you know, kind of dwindling supplies and stuff like that through their partners, through their the first, quor- their first quarter. The only bad thing is their first quarter doesn't end until April. So you won't see a whole lot of turnaround until April, May, maybe even in, into June. So that's going to take a little while. Now, AMD is still selling its reference cards, which are basically just the straight up AMD designed cards and coolers and different things on their website and at least doing it that way the pricing can't be inflated so they you know i mean granted they could have people buy them and resell them but if you get it from strictly straight from amd you're not going to pay a massive overhead for it you're not going to pay double for it unless you go for like ebay or something like that but if you are getting it straight from them you should be able to get it at a decent price they're still working to try to get as many people as possible, but it's still kind of a kind of a very lax attitude as far as you know how many they have on hand and how many they're going to be able to supply, you know, week to week, month to month. So again, this is probably still going to be into May, maybe even June. Again, with AMD also with with their new six thousand series cards, so they can both NVIDIA and AMD, they can say all they want, but until we start seeing these things on store shelves and going through and saying, okay, well, now if I really wanted one, I can just go get it, or if I order it online and not have to pay double what it's worth to some scammer, then then I can honestly say, okay, yeah, the drought is over, but it's going to be quite a while before I think that happens. So we shall have to wait and see on that one. But like I said, it's going to be it's going to be a hot minute. So if there's anything that you're looking for to upgrade as far as CPU or RAM, motherboard, graphics card, anything along that line, kind of stick to your guns, double check. A lot of places will have email alerts or text alerts that once they have stock in that you can go ahead and go, you know, check out or buy one. But even doing that, they sell out incredibly fast because they no matter how much they try to stop the bots, they always find a way around it. So if you're looking for something like that, get those email alerts, get the text alerts. That way you're one of the first ones to know when they do have stock coming in and you actually have a chance. Because right now it's going to be either you're going to go something a little older, that's you know still on shelves and stuff like that or you're just either going to have to wait or you know pay the exorbitant price unfortunately that's just kind of the way it works right now so it's not a good time to be in the computer market right now if you're looking for hardware next up is something that should have been all over the news every year year after year CES the Consumer Electronics Show is usually front and center when it comes to the news, at least in tech news in January. And this year being that everything was virtual because of COVID, this was pretty much everything was almost like a zoom call, you know, pretty much for every, every company. And that just, it, it lacked. It really did. It lacked in the big rollouts, the, you know, the, the crazy stuff that you normally see just because there weren't any booths. So you didn't have people walking around finding some of the weird stuff Now I do have some weird things that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But for the most part, that's the that's the fun of CES is whenever you can walk around and see things and follow different reporters that you can trust and know that they're going to find something really cool or something that, you know, is on the the basically the cutting edge of what's coming in the consumer space in the next year or two. And there's a few things that did come out with that, but I do kind of want to run through some of the highlights of CES. And this one is a article that I found on CNET. And first one is a high-tech N95 mask from Razer. And this is actually the same company that does high end laptops, uh, gaming mice, gaming laptops, that kind of thing. They're doing a N95 mask with a clear plastic front, seals to your face and has a N95 filter on it. And besides that, it also has it, it amplifies your voice. So the the filter also besides having RGB, so it lights up actually is a speaker, so you can talk normally, and it amplifies your voice, so that's something that I think is kind of lacking right now with all the mask wearing and everything, so it does get hard to understand people when they're wearing them, and it's not a good time, but at least they're trying to to come up with something. Now, whether or not these are actually going to be put into production or anything like that. I'm not really sure. These may just be proof of concept, but the pictures look cool. I'll I'll give them that. They do look cool, and it's. I don't know if it'll some be something that I would wear because I would be afraid I'd break it. <laughs> it's kind of one of the things you know. If whenever you're dealing with masks and different things along that line, that's something that you you know you don't want to screw it up. You don't want to break it according to them the charging unit is actually actually has uv lights on it so whenever you charge it at night the uv light shines on it and kills any bacteria anything that's on it so that's again very cool but the only bad thing with that is a lot of this stuff comes at a price and they did not mention a price for these so my guess is they'd probably run around 200 bucks Judging from the design and everything that you get, I would say it's probably going to be 200 bucks if it goes into production. Next up is going to be the LG Rollable. This is a smartphone display that actually rolls up into the phone. Now, the we have folding phones now. We have, you know, the Razer. We have the Galaxy Fold. Things fold in the middle. This is actually one that unrolls and unravels there's a the top of the phone actually come comes up to make it more of a tablet. So it's a very different design. It's all motorized. It looks pretty cool, to be honest. I will I'll, I'll give them that. Not sure exactly how good the motors are and how long it's supposed to last or anything along that line. They really didn't get too, too de- detailed into it. But they said that they're planning to bring it something like this to market this year. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, If they do, it's going to be pricey. I can guarantee you it's going to be two grand at least. I can put money on that. It will be at least $2,000. But this isn't LG's first run into retractable uh, screens. Last year at CES they debuted a a TV for the second time actually because they did it the year before too. They just did a newer version of it where there's a cabinet with speakers in it and the TV actually rolls up and down up out of the cabinet and everything's all self-contained. So this is not their first, go. this, this ain't their first rodeo as far as rollable screens. So the fact that they were able to take that TV size one, which I believe was a 60 inch and shrink it down into the, something the size of a phone, like the galaxy fold or, you know, something along that line, something in that, that physical dimension is actually pretty nice. I mean, it's, it's, that's an achievement again, whether or not it's actually going to be real world workable and how, and how it withstands damage over time is going to be something to look at. But the concept is cool. I will give them that. It's not a folding phone. So, you know, it's it's something for somebody who kind of wants a bigger phone, but doesn't want to carry a bigger phone, I guess. Kind of interesting. They also just displayed a transparent OLED TV. And it's basically going to be a transparent pane of glass with that's an OLED TV. And it's still a concept. There's a bunch of different things on it. They're looking at this as being, like, used for advertisements where clear glass is necessary. Like, even in a window or, you know, something along that line. So, that's kind of what they're going for in that. But I'm not sure how good that's going to be, like, in direct sunlight or anything like that. Probably it would be pretty terrible in direct sunlight if you have a clear screen. which to be honest, it's not a clear, clear screen. It's, it's fairly opaque, but you can see through it. But it's, it's one of the things that it's what they say is not exactly what you're going to get, but it's a lot nearer to some of the screens that you see in star Trek where the way you can see straight through it, but you still have all of the different things. think, you know, Marvel and the Avengers kind of thing. That's similar to what this is, but in the size of a TV. Samsung made a pretty big splash with their robot butler and they call it bot handy. And basically their keynote said that they're going to have a lot more robots than TVs or gadgets this year. And the robot butler was one of the ones that caused the most ruckus because they showed a video demo of it unloading the dishwasher and then loading the dishwasher again. According, you can you can actually program it to bring you drinks or, you know, do simple tasks around the house, stuff like that. So having a robot butler that you can, you know, program around, I'm assuming it's going to have voice control, different things of that nature. They didn't really get into it very much. But the fact that you could get a robot butler if you really wanted to is we're getting kind of into that Jetsons territory, guys, is. You know, the more we the the closer we get to in years, the more we're getting there. (laughs) And one other cool thing that they had at CES this year was called the Infinity Game Table. And it basically takes some of the most popular board games that you can think of and digitizes them and puts them on a touchscreen table. So you can play Monopoly or you can do Battleship or different uh, bunches of different games that you can play just by touchscreen and play with somebody and, you know, just have it on there. That way you're not actually using a physical board, you're using a screen. And it's almost like using a board game emulator. If you've ever played any of the old Nintendo games or Sega games or anything like that on, you know, a PC with a, a USB controller, it looks to be fairly similar to that there's basically they they put everything in there everything's emulated so it's kind of got a retro feel to it but the table itself is fairly modern it's you know steel legs black top screen in the middle and it does remind me a lot of the old pac-man uh tabletop that they had at pizza hut growing up so i don't know if you remember that but the 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 table the tabletop you know pac-man game That's a lot of what this reminds me of. It's just not the full cabinet going all the way down to the floor, but it's all built within the top of the table. So it's very similar to that. So that was very cool. So jumping from cool to weird. So some of the weird things they had at CES this year, one is the Total Wellness Toilet, which basically it's a smart toilet that pretty much will scan and read what you do on the toilet and recommend dietary changes to improve your digestion or can kind of give you updates on your health. If you're having problems like that, it's a good idea. It's just kind of, kind of odd (laughs) to be, to, to be honest, but you know, it is, it's smart appliances are getting more and more, I'm not I can't say out there but they're getting more and more into pretty much every facet of our lives now so toilets are gonna be part of it you know everything else is going to be part of it but yeah I can I can honestly say I'm not in the market for a smart toilet just yet uh, I do have a lot of smart stuff in my house but I am not in the mood or in the market for a smart toilet next up is called Kubo and I I assume that it's, that's how you spell it. It's Q-O-O-B-O. So I'm assuming it's Q-O-O, I guess. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. That's how I'm going to pronounce it because that makes sense to me. But anyway, it, this thing is basically a furry headless pet that can help you cope with loneliness among, you know, during the COVID crisis if you can't get a pet. So say you're allergic to pets or something along that line. This is an artificial pet that you can actually, you can pet it. it. It has a tail on it. The tail wags whenever you talk to it. If you pet it, the tail wags, you know, kind of thing like that. So it's it's basically a headless kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's a headless furry, looks almost kind of like a raccoon, but it's not. So it's kind of funky, but hey, to each his own. And you know, if you're getting stir crazy and going crazy with all of the COVID stuff going on, if this will help you, by all means, try it. Because there's a lot of stuff, you know. Everybody's having having to deal with this in their own way. And if getting a fake pet helps you to get through it, by all means, you have my undesigned you you have my undying support and I will help you if you need it. But this I have two cats. My cats would probably destroy this thing. <laughs> so I will not be getting one. But like I said, if this is something that can help you through this, if you know if you're depressed or whatever, if you can't physically get a pet, then you know this might be something for you and if that will actually help, then hey, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Something else kind of on the outside looking in, it's called the Pet Portal. So if you have an extra three grand lying around, then you could get a very, very smart dog door. And basically what this is, is it works with a collar to automatically sense your pet approaching to it and it opens to let them out, opens to let them in. You can set a timer on your the app on your phone. To so that you know they can only get out during certain times, say when you're home, you can automatically open it when if you want to from the app. Different things, you know, along kind of along that line. You can also track your pet's comings and goings with the app, so it'll let you know how many times they went out, how many times they came in, that kind of thing. And it's actually available for pre-order right now. You do have to put down a hundred dollar deposit, and they're going to start shipping limited quantities this spring so if you have a hundred bucks and you want to spend another 2900 on another a dog door a smart dog door then uh you may have it and from the looks of it it looks to be a fairly big door so you know it may be something if you have a larger pet that it might be something to look into i'm not sure it'd be the smart part is probably what makes it cost so much but i mean there there are Cheaper alternatives out there But I doubt it would be Something along that line To where you could program it like that So again This is just some of the weird stuff That they had at CES this year So we shall move on And lastly but not leastly Samsung has delivered The newest flagships They have announced the Galaxy S21 And they come in three flavors. It's going to be the regular Galaxy S21, the S21 Plus, and S21 Ultra. So you get three different ones, and each one is a little bit more of an upgrade and a little bit more pricier than the one below it. So you can pretty much kind of guess where all of these are going, and everybody's saying that the course the s21 ultra is going to be the new flagship which we all um, um, we all knew because they the ultra is the best one right so a few of the differences that they have the 21 is going to be 6.2 inch screen s21 plus is going to be 6.7 and the ultra is a 6.8 inch screen uh the batteries are going to be all different also you get a 4000 milliamp battery for the s21 You get a 4800 milliamp for the s21 plus and you get a 5000 milliamp for the ultra now they don't give any details on exactly what kind of refresh rates we're getting from these screens but at least we're getting amoleds from the 21 and the 21 plus the s21 ultra is going to be a qhd plus amoled so that one's going to be at 3200 by 1440 pixels So that one is gonna be very, very, very detailed. Uh, We got different camera setups on each one. On the 21, you get a 64 megapixel telephoto, a 12 megapixel wide angle camera, and a 12 megapixel ultra wide. On the Plus, you get a 64 megapixel telephoto, the 12 megapixel ultra wide, and a 12 megapixel wide angle. On the Ultra, you get a 108 megapixel wide angle, 12 megapixel ultra wide, 10 megapixel telephoto, and a 10 megapixel telephoto. I'm, a, I'm assuming that's going to be a depth sensor. So on the, you get front facing cameras of 10 meg, megapixels for the 21 and 21 plus, a 40 megapixel cam selfie camera on the ultra. All three can do video capture in 8K. Um, all of these will be able to do, they come in either 128 gigabit or 256 gigabit variants, except for the Ultra, which comes in a 512. Uh, The Plus and Regular come with 8 gigs of RAM, while the Ultra comes with either 12 or 16 gigs of RAM. None of these have expandable storage, which is kind of a different take for Samsung. Um, But the good news is, the prices the s21 is going to be $800 for the 128 gig version the plus is going to be 1000 for the 128 gig version and then 1200 for the ultra so given the state of a lot of the galaxy s20s and stuff like that this pricing is actually not that bad all things considered so Considering that these are going to be very, very fast phones, they're coming up. All three have the new Snapdragon 888 uh, system on a chip with 5G embedded. So these are going to be really, really crazy fast phones. And I'm really and truly wanting to go play with one now just to go see what that new Snapdragon is all about. So they did announce these, but they have not shown up yet in... uh, in stores or anything. So if I can get my hands on one, at least go play with it in a store, I will definitely let you know what I think of it and kind of give you an update on that. But at least the, the pricing seems to be going at least downward, at least kind of a downward trend, which is something nice to see, especially with the the Samsungs and the Apples. You know, they're trying to at least try to keep things going down for a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. So there you have it. That's the news for right now. At least the, the big stories that I thought, you know, would be worth covering before we jump into our normal stuff going through the podcast, you know, for the rest of the season. So, Thank you for joining me. If you want to check out any of these articles or anything like that, please go check out the show prep on the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. Everything will be right there. You can check out the show prep link. It's right underneath the embedded player. Can't miss it. You can check out all of the stuff there. I did not have one for the season premiere because that was basically just kind of me riffing on all the crazy crap that happened to me over the holidays. And if you missed that episode Please go listen to it because not only that way you can kind of share my pain, but it's a very good lesson in troubleshooting because going through all everything that I went through over the holidays with my computer just about drove me insane. So if need be, I would kind of like you to come with me. So please go check that out. That's on the embedded player. Also, you can check it out just about anywhere you, you get podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google music, you name it, it's there. Like I said, if there is a platform that you use that I don't have the podcast on, please drop me an email down it at gmail.com. And I will do my best to get it up there for you. And like I end every podcast, a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for joining me. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you for coming. I love you. I'll see you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Later.